Hola, Joshua Smizer de Leon here, founder and host of the Basel podcast. Thanks for listening to the show where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community from La Isla to the diaspora. If you want to help us share the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here on Paseo, Boricua, and Chicago and around the world, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. Subscribing helps more people find the show and will help you make sure you never miss an episode. Leaving a five-star rating and showing some love in the comments helps too. You can also give a donation by looking up the Paseo podcast on savechicagomedia.org. Okay, that's enough from me. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. It's me, Joshua. Thanks for joining us on the Paseo podcast this week. Wanted to share one quick announcement at the top of the show. On Monday, September 20th, I'll be participating in a panel for the One Book, One Chicago program run by the Chicago Public Library. This year, the program's theme is community and neighborhoods. And as part of that, the panel I'll be on will be discussing the importance of community media and communities having media that reflect their experiences. I don't have a lot of details on the time or even how to register just yet. But as soon as I do, I'll make sure we share the full details on our social media channels so you know how to tune in, ask questions, and show your support. Okay, moving on to our guest for today's show, we welcome Boricua small business owner Rachel Diaz to the show. She is the owner of a Puerto Rican bake shop called Borinquen Cakes. She's a working mother of two who, before getting into the baking business, had a career in product design with products appearing on the shelves of retailers like Target, Michaels, and Joanne Fabrics. When she entered the baking industry, she went from baking at home to operating out of a mall kiosk to now owning two storefronts. Now, being a small business owner can be tough, and the pandemic has only made things harder, especially for BIPOC owners. So we're gonna talk with Rachel about what it took for her to start her own business, the challenges she's faced as a small business owner, and of course, the wonderful, wonderful world of Puerto Rican desserts. Oh, and I should mention that this episode was actually recorded at a Borinquen Cakes location. This was our first in-person interview since the pandemic began, so it was pretty exciting. Um, we won't be doing in-person interviews for every episode, but they'll pop up from time to time depending on the guest. Gotta give a special shout out here uh, to Rachel for letting us record in her business. Let's jump into the interview. Bienvenido a todos. This is the Paseo Podcast. Thank you for listening to this. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so we've been recording virtually. If you've been watching our episodes, uh, we've been doing it all on YouTube through Zoom. Um, so that's been really exciting. But it's so nice to be recording in person. Uh, we have a very special guest today. Her name is Rachel Diaz. Rachel is actually a small business owner. She's a Puerto Rican, has a, a place called Borinquen Cakes. Uh, some of the most delicious Puerto Rican desserts you will have in your life, especially if you're based here in Chicago and you're craving the flavors of La Isla. But without further ado, Rachel, 
Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. We're actually recording in one of your locations, one of your Borink and Cakes locations. Yeah. Um, this one's on Fullerton. Your other one is located on Archer, yes. right? Yes, so right by the Mirror Airport. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're from we're going from the south side to the north side. Uh, you're taking over the city. <laughs> um, I definitely want to talk to you a little bit more about your business, how it came to be, um, some of the challenges that you've had. Uh, but first, let's back it up a little bit. Uh, tell our audience a little bit about you. What should we know? Well, I'm just a mom of two boys. I came um, from Puerto Rico uh, when I was 19 and um, and I married to a Mexican and we've been together. We're high school love. So we've been together for a long time. <laughs> That's awesome. And, um, my work, my work husband's Mexican, Richie, our cameraman. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, it's been great here like at the beginning you know it was really hard to get used to like the city life from you know change from the island and one of the things that you know like I missed the most was all the delicious sweets from Puerto Rico because you can really find a lot of them here so um, so yeah Yeah, and (laughs) you said and then uh, before we were recording you had mentioned uh, you grew up in San Juan Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. What was that like growing up on La Isla and then <laughs> migrating here to the States? It was tough. Yeah. Um, it was an act of love, definitely, because otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I moved here because um, I wanted to come live with my now husband. And um, back then um, I was going to college for design. And also over there, there's not like a lot of opportunities for designers. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came here, like, um, like I got like, I finished my career and it was a lot um, easier to find a job and something that I was very interested in. So, yeah. So I just got used to it. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you were you baking in, in La Isla or did you start baking when you came to Chicago? I always love anything that had to do with art. So I always loved baking. Um, I was in music. I was in ballet. I was in like anything that had to do with arts. I was on it. <laughs> but um, I always had a soft, um, soft spot for baking. Um, and but my mom it wasn't really a baker, so I had to do my treats myself. <laughs> really? Um, so, but I had two aunts. Yeah, yeah, and these two aunts were the ones that like teach me how to do um, pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see your eye for design. I was looking at uh, some of the cupcakes and the <laughs> toppings. I was like, oh my gosh, these look so appetizing. Oh, thank um, you. Look super delicious. Definitely, Richie and I are gonna have some after this interview for sure. Um, but I, this is actually my first time walking into. Inking cakes, but I've heard a lot about you just in different Puerto Rico circles that yeah. I, I have. Um, but for people that aren't familiar with Borinquen cakes, you know, what can somebody expect when they walk into one of your shops? What differentiates you from other bakeries? Um, what I wanted to create with Borinquen cakes was more like an environment of like happiness and love, kind of like when you walk into any Puerto Rican um, shop over there, everybody's going to greet you with a smile. Um, so that's the same experience that like, you're going to get here. Like everybody's going to greet you. You're going to feel like family. It's going to be um, fun. And then you're going to see all the amazing cupcakes we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have like everything from the original cupcake, um, which is like um, the cake we have over there that it's um, a vanilla cake uh, soaked with brandy, but doesn't have alcohol. Mm. It's just for flavor and um, <laughs> an almond, crunchy almond icing and um, also like the wedding cake in cupcake form. And from then 
you like we took it over and we did like a bunch of different flavors like uh guava dream coquito mm. like coconut piña colada <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. well, um i love that you have a piña colada one because the piña colada was a piña colada was actually invented in puerto rico yes um, it was. <laughs> and i don't think i knew that until like high school when i saw this plaque in viejo san juan oh yeah <laughs> uh, so just a beautiful connection i mean i just love all this energy even like the coquito like you're making me hungry here i should have ate breakfast um so I, you touched on this a little bit um you mentioned baking with your tias uh, what was that moment where you said, I want to get into the baking industry? Like, <laughs> I want to do this. Um, okay. yeah, just curious. It was actually, uh, this is probably not the answer that you will want or you're <laughs> expecting, but I was never into, I never dreamed of having a bakery. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is not like my childhood dream or anything. I was meant to be a designer. So um, even though I love baking at home, uh, it wasn't my thing. I felt like it was, you know, it's an industry that's super hard and I didn't really feel like going into. Uh, but somehow in my 30s, <laughs> I don't know, call it a calling or call it a 30-year-old crisis. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but I decided that I wanted to do something more with that. Um, I just, I wanted to do something more challenging in my life, something that I could like, bring back to the community, create jobs. Um, I don't know why, but it just came, you know, I just started feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like designing wasn't fulfilling enough for me mm -hmm. at that moment, because I was just, um, I would do was helping people with their business and stuff, but um, I just wanted to do more for um, for everybody. So, um, so my sister and my mom came from Puerto Rico um, when Maria, happen um, and that was like my last push to do it because they were like um, they were there and they were like okay you could do it now um, we can take care of the kids and we can you know help you around and that was the push I needed to like go ahead and do this big thing. <laughs> yeah. Well and tell us the name behind Borinquen Cakes. I know people listening will know the, the <laughs> history of the name Borinquen. Um, yes. That'll, you know, what's the, what was the story to you deciding on, this is what I'm going to call my business. Why, <laughs> so why Bodinkin Cakes? Um, this actually like happened a long time ago. I was um, working as a designer and was baking on the side, like from home on the weekends. And I just wanted to do something. Uh, I was just thinking back then to my coworkers. Um, there were, uh, I wanted something that it will here, you know, sound interesting, but I could like explain a little bit more of the history of Puerto Rico with it. And um, so, yeah, Borinquen, as most of you know, is the name of the island before um, Spain came in to colonize it. So uh, that's the original name of Puerto Rico is Borinquen. We did switch it up a little bit because again, I was thinking of them and the Q and the U was going to be too confusing. So we <laughs> changed it to a K. <laughs> But um, so yeah, I always on that moment I was just thinking of you know my coworkers and how will they you know with something fun with them because I was just bringing cakes you know for the meetings and stuff and I was mm -hmm. the cake lady there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think names like that are so important. I love names like that. I mean, mainly because it for it kind of puts you in a situation where someone walking in that's not familiar is going to say, well, what's the, what's the story behind that? And then right. you get, I love history, especially <laughs> Puerto Rican history. It's why we have this show. But um, so to create a name that creates a discussion, mm -hmm. I love that. That's, that's <laughs> the, such a nice touch. 
<laughs> you had mentioned that your mom and your sister had come to Chicago after Hurricane Maria. Mm -hmm. um, so that created this space where you had a bit more support, you could live your dream, you had a bit more flexibility with that. Right. So does that mean in 2017, that's when you started your business officially? I was baking for home unofficially mm -hmm. for, you know, friends and family for like maybe 10 years. Mm -hmm. Up until like 2019, um, my baby was a year old. That's when we were like, okay, let's, uh, let's make it official. I went with my sister to with an accountant and we registered the business and that's, you know, where everything started. So you register the business. It's my understanding that the next step was, okay, we're moving from outside the home now. Yeah. And then you were at a mall kiosk, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's like when you're walking in a mall, not like the storefront, but the people like in the middle of the uh, walkways. Yeah. Um, how big was it? Was it like the like size the of this size table? Of table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe a little uh, bigger, but oh that's it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So tiny space. What was that? So what was that like operating in a mall kiosk? I mean, obviously it worked oh out, God. right? Because you have two business, two shops now, two actual locations. But yeah, yeah what was that like operating in a mall? Because a lot of people say, yeah. you know, the mall industry is declining. So <laughs> I'm just thinking, man, did you, did, did you have a lot of people walking up? But what was that like? Well, um, actually, the mall that we picked is like one of the last malls that have like a lot of people going in. And surprisingly, most of the people are Puerto So it was like the perfect spot to get us, you know, to get the world, the word out. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> it was, I mean, this mall is pretty busy compared to like most of the malls that we've been. Um, but again, we were in a teeny tiny kiosk in the middle of the mall baking from a shared kitchen so just to give you a picture we have to go and carry all of our equipment our 50 pound bags of flour of everything to the chair kitchen every day <laughs> and bake bring everything to them pack everything bring it to the mall and um and then we had to have like a team selling over there because we were exhausted by that time we couldn't even sell them <laughs> wow oh my gosh Did, well, yeah. what and then you opened your first location on archer after the pandemic or before the pandemic? Um, so the Archer location was in the works right about the same time where we started with the kiosk. Okay. The big dream, the big thing was to make the bakery, mm -hmm. um, but we had so many problems with um, like COVID because COVID shut down all of the um, city hall and everything, so everything stopped. Then everything got delayed because we needed permits, we needed to find an architect, we needed to find so many things. So um, the kiosk came in, we started like just making a little bit of money there to like help us open the bakery. Um, Cause we started with nothing really, mm -hmm. cause I didn't have any savings. I like, I came from the bottom. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so the kiosk is, you know, what, what kept us going a little bit. And um, so by the time we were like, maybe like, I mean, in April, that's when we finally were able to open the bakery and leave the chair kitchen that we were like so stressed about. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, speaking of stress, did you ever feel like in that environment, um, operating out of the mall kiosk, trying to save up money, like, did you ever have a moment where you thought, I don't know if I can do this? Like, did you ever feel like it might, you might not make it? Oh my God, one, I had like a million of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time like something came up, like it was like, a, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Like, mm -hmm. this is too much. Is this not even worth it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it, it 
it's like a day-to-day -day battle yeah. with yourself. And then I'll wake up the next day. I'm like, okay, let's try again. Let's do it again. Start from nothing and keep going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so many, so many hurdles we found along the way. <laughs> Was there anything that you told yourself? Like some people will like when they feel challenged, like look in the mirror and try to hype themselves up. Like I got this, I got this. Was there anything that you told yourself that really helped you help you make it through those tough times? Um, well, um, well, right before I started, um, oh, like all this craziness, like I took a curse with uh, Janelle Copeland that she's like the winner of Cupcake Wars. And I thought it was gonna be like a pricing course type of thing. And she actually made it into a whole like mentorship, like a very like positive type of thing. She just like changed my way of thinking. So I had her in my head all the time. Wow. <laughs> when I had like a really bad problem, I was like, okay, um, I need to like just stop, cry it out and get back up and just keep going. Cause I mean, there's, it's, it, nobody told me it was going to be easy. I knew it was going to be super tough, and we just have to go push through. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think we're Puerto Ricanos, especially. We're just so used to La Brega. You know, like, we know <laughs> yeah. we like so used to the struggle, so self resilient. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting to hear that reflected in your story. Like sometimes you need a good cry. You cry yeah. it out just to like get that energy out, and then you're back at it. Mm -hmm. um, lots of people want to start their own business, um, and not many do. Some people are very hesitant to do that. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your biggest challenge as a small business owner today, um, and how do you deal with that? Today? Mm -hmm. Today is finding like staff and the right people to run your business. Because um, back then, there's like a bunch of other problems, but today yeah. I feel like the toughest thing, I feel like a lot of businesses are facing this right now, mm -hmm. where it's really hard to find um, good people to come and take care of your business because they're really here. They're the ones giving the face for your business. And it's just um, very tough to find good, reliable people that um, that you could trust your baby with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of trust yeah. you're putting in people. Mm -hmm. um, what, what is it? What is something? What are some things you look for in an employee? Well, what is the perfect voting and cakes <laughs> staff member? Um, well, unlike what you think, you know, I'm not looking for any like graduate programs or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to train. I'm willing to like teach you everything. All I'm looking for is someone that's friendly and that will show that to our customers because that's what I want them to feel like they are when they walk in, they um, they're gonna feel welcome and they're gonna feel like they're talking to someone they can feel comfortable with and that's my biggest thing I want to need to find people that are um, but like us like super um, positive happy like you're gonna leave I leave out of here with a smile <laughs> yeah, love it. yeah and then what about um, beyond today like leading up to this point um, and I'm thinking about that time between going from the mall kiosk to actually having like brick-and-mortar locations you know, what, what has been a challenge? What, have you, what would you say has been your biggest challenge as a small business owner? And then how have you dealt, how did you deal with that? Or how are you dealing with that? Mm, I think one of the biggest challenges that small business uh, face is um, finding um, resources and um, people to work on things. Um, not just employees, but I'm talking about like um, people to help you um, 
navigate the system through like the um, licenses processes, like all of the um, finding architects, finding electricians, finding licensed, you know, everything. That kind of stuff gets pretty tough. And I feel like social media helps a lot because that's where a lot of people connect. Um, so I find a lot of people around social media just asking around. Um, like, hey, do you know a licensed electrician? Or, hey, do you know um, an architect? Um, just, you know, that's one thing that's pretty tough. Um, and, and yeah, and just the whole thing, the licensing thing, how it works, it's just very, very tough. Like, yeah. just to get licensed, you need so many things um, before that. Yeah. Um, and just finding the money and the resources to do it, it's, yeah. <laughs> this question is kind of related, and you've, and you've like touched on this a bunch, so I'm like kind of asking you another, que another question kind of in the similar uh -huh. space. Um, like, what do you wish you knew when you started that you know now? Like, you mm. mentioned licensing, you mentioned, you know, having good uh, vendors, you know, electricians, mm -hmm. what have you. Um, but yeah, what, what, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Um, okay, so... Back when I first had the idea of opening a business or just doing something, um, I was completely blind. Like I was thinking that this was gonna be easy. Like some, I had someone that came to me, he had a bakery. And he told me like, hey, you could, like we could partner up, you can, we can open something, it's gonna be really smooth, super easy. Um, and he was selling it to me like it was like, you know, gonna be like an easy ride and like, okay. Um, I knew it wasn't gonna be easy, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know it was gonna be that tough. And um, just educating yourself in what you're going into, it's, it just changed everything. Like, um, like I mentioned this already about the course I took with Janelle, I took it like right before opening and my vision of everything before and after completely changed. So. I felt like when I did that, I came out like a lot more prepared. This kind of sounds like a commercial for her, <laughs> like but it is so good because she yeah. like walked us through everything mm -hmm. from like sales to marketing to like everything you need to know to open a bakery. I feel like if I would have not taken that course, I would have failed yeah. miserably on the first mm -hmm. like first try. Like, it will be really bad. <laughs> Interesting. So, so, uh, and again, you, you touched on this a little bit, but like getting you to, you getting to this point, what has your support system been? So you mentioned like learning, ba like learning, learning baking and baking with your tias, your mom and your, and your sister coming uh, to Chicago, you know, t take this answer wherever you want. Like w what's your support system been like at home, in the community, the government, like, you know, what's that system been like to help you you know, sustain your business? Um, so definitely my mom, my sister helped me greatly with everything related to the bakery, but also my husband helped me like support the house while I did, went out into this crazy journey. Um, cause uh, I did open it cause I, I was, I wanted to spend more time with my kids. I didn't want to go back to the um, office world all the time where I was set there. I could do something where I could like bring my kids in and now if I needed to, so, um, but it turned out to be the opposite. It turned out to be like a lot of time away from my family, at least in the beginning. Now I'm starting to get, you know, back to the point where I wanted to, but um, on the beginning, like it was really tough on my husband because he had to take on pretty much everything. Um, he was pretty much doing all the bills, everything, taking care of like the laundry, everything mm -hmm. at the house. So it was a really, um, 
big support uh, person there, um, even though he wasn't very happy with me opening the bakery, to be honest. Hey there. We want to take a moment to thank our partners, the Puerto Rican Cultural Center of Chicago and the Chicago Independent Media Alliance for their support. This show would not be possible without them. And shout out to our amazing podcast team. Learn more about them and the show by visiting our website, baseomedia.org. Enjoy the rest of the show. So I just want to pause for a second because I, I did want to ask you about your partner. You had mentioned <laughs> like he was a little hesitant and you opening yeah. up a shop. What was that like? I mean, how do you because there's a lot I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are in relationships and some people want to live, you know, want to go down this path. Other people may think, oh, well, well, there's a lot of things to consider, a lot of risk involved. And, you know, sometimes people tighten up. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, like, what was that like with your partner saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to open up this shop. How did you convince him? <laughs> well, I think I never did. Okay. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> no, but um, it was pretty tough. Um, he, in the beginning, he was very, very, like, hesitant. Like, he didn't want me to, like, he just, um, at the end, I understood. Like, he was just trying to protect me mm. from failing mm -hmm. and from, you know, going through, like, all of these or losing a lot of money or losing all this time away from my family and, um, so he was just trying to protect me from that. Um, but I just wanted to show him that it wasn't <laughs> going to yeah. be like that, that we I was picturing a brighter future, even though right now it was really tough. So um, I feel like what helped us was me like sitting down with him and showing him that vision I have for the business, because on his head, like he probably had something completely different to what, what I was uh, picturing. He was probably picturing me baking every day mm -hmm. every holiday being like know, a panaderia uh -huh. type of setup uh -huh. and being away from the kids away from him mm -hmm. and um so i wanted to you know i just sat down and talked to him you know what um, i'm opening these not only because you know i love baking and everything but because i want to create jobs and i wanted to you know help out the community and give you know the opportunity to you know kids that are coming out of college to get a first job and stuff so um I'm not planning to live in the bakery. Like my goal is to be with you guys and create this um, community that um, can sustain itself. So, um, but once he like kind of like understood that, he was a little bit more like you know chill with the idea. Mm -hmm. But still, um, uh, he was he only gave me like an ultimate like when <laughs> is this yeah. gonna happen? And yeah. I had to like give him a deadline. Okay, I'm gonna try to have it done before the end of the year to have it pretty much, you know, running smoothly so I could be more time with you guys. So, um, and just, yeah, just talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, it was, it was tough. <laughs> um, no, that's interesting to hear. Um, what, it, what has your support system been like outside of the home? Like what's the, uh, how has the government supported you? Has, have you gotten community support? Like these are tough times <laughs> for small businesses. So just curious, you know, what, what's that support yeah. look so, like? Um, honestly, like, uh, feel like very welcome. Um, a lot of people are coming in and they're wanting to help. And that's, um, something that's really good for me because I, I don't know if every Moroccan is like that or every Latino is like, but we don't like asking for help. Mm. So we're very like, we feel like it's wrong, even though it's not, you should ask for help when you need yeah. it. Um, but I was, there were some times where I was facing like very, very tough um, uh, 
like once when they closed down again, I don't know if you remember, like um, there was a time where they went back and they closed everything and I was already open at the mall and it was, it was like ghost town in there. It was really, really tough. And then um, just a little angel came. Yeah, she came from Dish and she was like, um, oh, like we're giving away this $1,000 grant um, to help business. I'm like, oh, that's great. Like that's really gonna help us out. Um, and then we also like applied for a little grant on um, Uber Eats and we got it. Um, so all these tiny little things, like it's like, I feel like they're like little angels pushing us through to stay open. <laughs> cause, um, cause there was some times that I was afraid like, okay, we're not gonna make it. It's getting like, we're running out of fuel. Um, we also like to start, we got a loan from um, CIBC, I'm still paying it, but it was like, um, 10 grand that's like the match they could give you know for a startup which you will figure that went out just in the architect and a couple of you know, people yeah. but yeah. Um, so that didn't even count like for the equipment and all that so but you know little by little we just something even if it's meant to be it's gonna happen no matter what so um, I think that this whole idea came almost out of nowhere because I was a designer like I said so I feel like it was meant to happen and someone up there is moving the cords to make it happen no matter what so <laughs> yeah. well it seems like you try to pay that forward too it's not when I when we first when Richie and I first walked in here it felt like a very welcoming space I know you just opened this so it's not like fully fully like ready to go fun story for people listening we actually uh didn't tell rachel we need a table and a couple of chairs to record um and su super generous super understanding uh got us the setup we needed um and even i remember a moment when we came in and we were talking and you said do you want us to lower the music is it too loud and i was like wow this is like so nice i've never i don't think i've i'm rarely asked that by a business owner like very concerned about the customer um so you know how do you create a welcoming space here like i mean tell us more about yeah. your the, like you're being customer friendly like what, <laughs> what does that look like here uh we just want uh, everybody to feel as welcome as possible here so um that's one of our main things i feel like even more than the baking and anything mm -hmm. it's like the customer service like we want everybody to feel like they're having a great experience and um even though if it's just for a little minute coming in taking pictures and leaving mm -hmm. i want you to have like those few minutes to be really good for you and yeah because um, I know where this is something that you're probably doing for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, even when I walked in, I like see little odes to Puerto Rico too. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like in Viejo San Juan vibes here. Um, yeah. It's a very good space. Um, you can tell you've done a lot of work. I do have a few more questions. These are a bit more like, I mean, they're not like super heavy, but they're a bit quicker. Um, so less related to, to the business, but um, just super curious to hear from you. We, we would ask, people in the past, like what was their favorite spot to eat Puerto Rican food, wherever mm. they were in the world? I'm not gonna ask you that because obviously it's Borinquen cakes, come on. <laughs> um, so we're, we're starting a new question this season. Um, I wanna know what does being Puerto Rican mean to you? And the reason I, I wanna ask that is because I do feel like, and a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of Boricuas I talk to, uh, sometimes people will call out your Boricua card. Mm -hmm. right? They will say, well, you weren't born on La Isla, or you, you don't speak Spanish, or I don't know, you know, whatever, like, I'm just thinking, I don't know if you were watching the, 
the the conversation around uh, Jasmine Camacho Quinn and winning. Like there was some people saying that, oh. wow, she's representing Puerto Rico. Is she really Puerto Rican? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just curious, like what does being Puerto Rican mean to you? Um, well, to me, being Puerto Rican is just the culture. Like if you like have that, um, that firing you like that mm -hmm. you feel Puerto Rican you're Puerto Rican like yeah. if you like there's only uh <laughs> like my kids like they're raised here they're from a Mexican um father but if they feel Mexican then they're Mexican if they feel Puerto Rican then they're Puerto Rican whatever they feel like um represents them the best um like in Puerto Rico like it's just all about like what we talked about all that warmth, all that uh, welcoming, uh, friendliness. Um, everybody's mi amor over there. Everybody's, you know, my love. <laughs> and it's like um, that uh, sense of unity and friendshipness and love. It's what makes you a Puerto Rican, I feel like. It's nothing else, really. <laughs> well, speaking of being Puerto Rican, a big part of our cuisine is our amazing desserts. And we have a great sweet, sweet tooth uh, in our Puerto Rican culture. Um, as the professional here, because I cannot bake, um, what would you say are the most famous Puerto Rican desserts? Um, okay, so the most famous, I think it has to be the quesitos. Okay. Quesitos, yeah. everybody yeah. knows a quesito. Um, they can find quesitos here in Chicago in different spots because they're pretty, um, pretty popular. The underdog will be the bizcocho mojadito, which is the original cupcake we sell, because mm -hmm. that one not a lot of people know about. But in Puerto Rico, that's the only cake you have at parties. Yeah. So um, it's not very known here in Chicago, but in Puerto Rico, like everybody knows about it. Um, it's the cupcake that you have for uh, quinceañeras, for weddings, for birthdays. It's like this, this staple cake. <laughs> what makes that different from traditional cupcakes so here uh, in america at least yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. so uh this cake is actually just like kind of like an american cake but yeah. what makes it you know what puerto ricans did to it and it actually came i think from spain but what uh, we did to it is we soaked it in uh brandy flavor so it kind of tastes a little bit like a brandy and it's pretty sweet and it's almost like a tres leches but mm. it doesn't have milk and um and then the icing is like crunchy so you get like that crunchy almond icing with the um soaked cake mm. and that's what makes it like unique it's like very very moist and um it's sweet it's like a bit grown up yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned it being moist because i feel like that's one of the deal breakers for me if i'm eating a dessert if it just tastes like super super dry uh -huh. like a cake you right. know i mean like a cookie yeah it's gonna be dry but um, like a cupcake cake, like I need, I need it to be like moist. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I, can't, I can't just do a dry cake. Oh um, yeah, that's why I started making them. Cause I was like, I can't stand the cake a year. Right, okay, you saw the problem when you provided the solution. I love it. Um, for, for occasions, like what do you, what would you say? Cause you mentioned like the cupcakes being uh, very common at quinceañeras. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say are the top Puerto Rican desserts um, for any occasion, like having family over, hanging out with friends, like what are like, just like, what's a common dessert <laughs> that's good for any time? Um, you know, it's just kind of tough to say because um, I feel like we have something for every occasion. Mm -hmm. Like for, you know, quinceañas that we already talked about, but for Christmas, we have a whole different world of desserts. Mm -hmm. Everything's with coconut, um, cinnamon and vanilla. Mm -hmm. So like the tembleque, the arroz con dulce, 
um, those are like the staples, the coquito. <laughs> um, so we kind of have like celebrate with different things, but the one thing that remains the same through like the whole, every season or anything will be more like the pastries. Look, the guava pastelillitos and the quesitos are the ones that pretty much we could eat all year round. Yeah, love that. Uh, I definitely eat those all year round. Um, <laughs> and then um, last question I had for you was, you know, looking at um, traditional Puerto Rican desserts, are there any that have a little bit of controversy around them? And what I mean by that is like, when I'll talk to my Dominican friends, they're like, we invented salsa. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. So I'm wondering, like, is there another Latin country, for example, that or, or Latin, Latin country or culture that says, no, we created tambleque, we invented it. Like, are there any that you know of any desserts that have that type of controversy around them? I feel like everything because yeah. <laughs> the uh, piña colada is one of them that everybody's fighting who yeah. made it. Yeah. And we think we made it. Yeah. But um, even like the cake itself, it didn't really like we didn't really came up with cake. It mm -hmm. came actually from like Spain and Europe and we just modified it and made mm -hmm. it our own. Um, so I feel like everything has that controversy because yeah. uh, at this point we're all mixed up. Like we mm -hmm. all like have a little bit of everything and that's what makes it fun. I feel like just we could take something from a country, change it a little bit and now it's ours and now we can like share something um, from all culture like but with a little bit of yours too. So yeah, so it's kind of fun. Like that's, um, I feel like that's the evolution of cooking altogether. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You, you, build, you build on it, you mm -hmm. make it your own. Um, yeah. There's beauty in that, 100, 100%, <laughs> cool. I was not gonna lie, I was like super excited. I was like, are there some Cubanos saying they created Coquito? Like, what's up, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk. Um, okay. Well, yeah, but one thing that's a fun yeah. fact is that um, Jibaritos, you think Jibaritos are Puerto Rican, but they're not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's something that was made here in Chicago. So yeah. it's like, and I love it because it's like something that we make based on things that we love in Puerto Rico and yeah. we made it into this amazing sandwich and now it's all mm -hmm. over Chicago. So yeah. I feel like that's that's the fun of it. I'd love for you to share how people listening today or watching today, um, you know, how can they keep up with you? What's your social media, um, website? Give us all the things. Well, we are Borinquen Cakes. It's spelled with a K. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, so we have uh, Facebook, Instagram. We're not very active on Twitter, so don't look us there. <laughs> but we're winning TikTok, and you can find us on BorinquenCakes.com where you can place orders or, you know, just check out what we have. <laughs> and do you cater as well? Um, well, we don't deliver, like, we do delivery with DoorDash, but okay. if you want to us to make, like, 100 cupcakes for your party, we can do that too. Perfecto. Okay. <laughs> Rachel Diaz, uh, owner of Borinquen Cakes. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. That's our show for today, familia. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did or didn't, let us know. Podcast at gmail.com or at Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Before I sign off, I wanted to shout out everyone who left us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and left a nice comment. We appreciate you. 
On our next episode, we welcome leadership committee members from the Chicago Puerto Rican Festival. The festival normally takes place in June, but it's taking place in late September this year due to the ever-changing nature of the pandemic. So we're going to have them on to talk about their second year leading the festival, what they've learned from planning an event of this size, saving it from being canceled after the last organization responsible for planning the festival became shrouded in legal controversy, and addressing how they are trying to elevate the experience for festival goers beyond just Puerto Rican food and music. As great as that stuff is, we're so much more than that as a community of Boricuas. So really looking forward to having them on uh, and uh, taking the deep dive into this year's festival and really all the elements that go into it. Don't forget, you can support the show by following us on social media, including our YouTube channel, and by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. Subscribing especially helps more people find the show, leaving a five-star rating, and showing some love in the comments helps too. Until then, as always, if you want to pitch a story idea, nominate yourself or someone else for an interview, or share a new story you'd like us to discuss in the show, visit our website, baseomedia.org, to do just that. See you in two weeks. Cuídate.